Welcome to another edition of the Stunt Show. My name is Mark Zomick, and I have, uh, as I've said before many times, this will be either Radio Gold or Crash and Burn, but hopefully it'll be Radio Gold, and uh, you will be the judge. Continuing with the Stunt Show tradition, the show comes to you not from a studio location. Today we have the pleasure of sitting in the, I guess you'd call it, almost completed Lincoln Square Synagogue, and I'm happy to welcome our guest for what promises to be an interesting and informative hour. Although he is a noted recording artist with more than a half a dozen albums, and although he is a professor of Jewish liturgical music at Yeshiva University, our guest today is probably best known for the work that he does without a microphone and without instruments. For almost a half a century, Chazan Sherwood Goffin has been the cantor of the Lincoln Square Synagogue. Beginning here in 1965, he was awarded a lifetime tenure in 1986. This past year, he announced that he is transitioning into retirement, and Lincoln Square Synagogue is currently actively seeking someone to possibly, remotely, even partially, fill his shoes. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network, Chazen Sherwood Goffin. Welcome. Shalom, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you for agreeing to do this show. When I uh, when I thought about a pre-Pesach, a pre-Pesach show, I wanted to focus a little bit on the Haggadah. You are the only person who I thought of who could possibly uh, do this show uh, with uh, the quality. And uh, as you said before, when I was setting up, I, I don't think anybody could correct you. And you said maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show. Well, I hope that uh, I, I will be able to do what's necessary and uh, what, what will be contributory to your uh, to your listeners. Yes, thank you, thank you and I'm sure it will be. Um, so, as um as a show that would normally foc- that that would focus on the Haggadah, I would guess you would normally think we would start at the beginning, but why should we do what everybody else does? Every yeshiva day school, every yeshiva high school spends so much time talking about the Vehikata part of the Haggadah, so I thought it might be interesting to start at the end. And so my first question about Nirza in the Haggadah is where does it start? It's an age-old question at my family, Sadarim, and I think the answer usually is wherever the Haggadah that my father's using says Nirza starts. <laughs> well, technically, Nirza, of course, is chasal. Uh, that 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 it really sums it up. In other words, that we're joyous that we were able to complete this particular uh, seder, and we hope that we can uh, have future Sadarim and, and Yerushalayim Yerakodesh. Um but I have a theory, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, since you bring it up. Um, once Chasal is sung, it seems to indicate the end of the Seder. So why do we have pages and pages and pages and pages of all kinds of songs afterwards? What's the point? So everyone says, well, of course we have to do this because we want to keep the kids up and keep their interest. But wait a minute, we just finished the Seder at Chasal. What do we have to keep them up for? Let them go to sleep. My theory is, I haven't proven it yet, but it makes eminent sense, I think, that all these songs in Putin were written through the centuries to be sung not at the end of the Haggadah, but in the middle of Magid, to keep the children's interest 
as you go through the boring, well, it's all relative. Right, to them it's boring, you know, the, uh, the narrative of the of Magid. So, where were they going to put these songs? They couldn't stick them in the middle of Magid because that wasn't part of regular Haggadah. So, where do you put it? Even, even like the red, the old red Haggadah had Elion over here. I mean, those are not even written in there, right. right? So, they stick it at the end. So that makes eminent sense. Where are you going to put it? You can't stick it in the middle of Haggadah because it's not part of Haggadah. So you take all these songs and you stick them at the end. Um, because it doesn't make any sense to have them at the end because to, to, to keep the kids interested. By that time. By that time, it's, it's 1 o'clock in the morning anyway. So. But then it would be, so my question, if that is indeed true, and I'm certainly not in a position to, to, to know. I mean, I don't know if that is, that's my theory. Right, so I was doing a little research about that Haggadah beforehand, and, and, it, and it certainly dates back in its, in its basic form to uh, to the time of the Tanaim, right. and there was certainly discussion of the Gemara and the Gemara Mpsachim specifically. Um, there is some machlokas rishonim on whether it really was that what they were the Rav and Shmuel were arguing of what the text of the Haggadah was, or just arguing what the text of the Haggadah meant. Right. But certainly that I guess I always assume that that really was the m- main body of Magi that they were talking about anyway. Oh, sure. But the question is, so you're you're saying some of those songs at the end could have been used throughout time? Because you have Magid, you have the the meal, and you have Howl, you know, uh, broken up in two parts, of course. But that, that's basically uh, Haggadah. So they didn't sing Kaddish, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz the way we do. Well, that's that definitely is uh, is, is less than a hundred right. years old. I mean, that's oh really? That. You see, I call that, by the way, Kaddish Urchatz. I know you want to talk about right. Nirza, but sure, <laughs> uh, Kaddish Urchatz is really I call it the desert. Island Haggadah. What if you're stuck on a desert island for Pesach? Okay. Right? Now, how do you know? Many people pay a lot of money to go to a desert <laughs> island for Pesach. Right. But say you don't have Haggadah, you don't have anything, you're just stuck there, you're, you're, you're shipwrecked. How do you know how to do a Seder? So if you're a kid and, and your teacher drums into your head, Kadesh, saying, oh, so we'll start Kadesh, then we have to do This way, you, it's the desert island index of what, how a Seder should be put together. It was never done. I, I don't think it was, it was sung, uh, uh, too much before that, although I'm going to contradict myself right now. Because right. the tune that we use for Kadesh or is certainly a very, very old, uh, melody from Bavel. From ba- to Babylonian wow. too. Now, what came first? The words, the chicken and the egg. Did the words come first or did the uh, Kaddish Ruchatz come first? Well, then they have... That tune could have been used for something else. Like right, exactly. It's a, it's a, no, it's a, the tune is an ancient tune. So the Kaddish Ruchatz, I think, is, is relatively recent in Haggadah history. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the Nas most to the beginning of the Haggadah just to introduce this is what we're going to do now. You know, and then as the kids go through, we say, "Okay, everybody, we just did Kadesh Ruchatz. What's next, boy, kids?" They all say, "Karpas." So they know. Yeah. So we start Nirza with Chasal Seder Pesach, and so my first question is: There is a famous chas- that I found out. It was, a, I guess, it was a Chasal Seder Pesach. Pesach, you'll correct me. I thought it was a completely different song that A.B. Rotenberg wrote, but I'm not sure that he actually wrote it. Um, on one of his journey albums about the uh, Torah. I'm very upset about that, you should know. That, that's actually a Chassal Seder Pesach song that he used no. the tune, or he wrote that song? No. no. Okay. If you go back to Journeys, mm-hmm. they have the Kiev Torah song. Yes. Right? Da, 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 da. So it mentions that, I think it's Haraf Sonnenfeld. I have to look it up now. I'm just, I'm just, uh, top of my head. Introduced that melody as an old Yerushalmi niggin. As a niggin, just mm-hmm. as a niggin, without any words. And 
A.B. took it and wrote... Uh, I was made the, way back the in Kiev Torah, right? Yeah, the Kiev song, which is beautiful, and, and I mean the the, the niggin is so poignant. It's probably the only niggin. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm very upset at people who sing nigunim from Yechia Miyamas. You know, mm-hmm. reminds me of a uh, uh, Rav son, a uh, grandson, Rav Tuvia Henkin, wrote an essay. The essay was entitled, "Who Will Live, Who Will Die." Tra la 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 la. Exactly. <laughs> I feel that way very often. Right? You know, I get calls from Rob Bonham who say, "Sure, with you, what can I do?" They my mouth. Right. They this, singing these smarmy, you know, songs. <laughs> the only song that I ever heard that, that that can interpret those words because of the cry. It's a natural cry in the tune. Is this particular niggin? And I, I looked for thirty-five, forty years almost for a niggin like that. Now, once in a while, I will use it for one day. Yontif. But, where, but uh, not, not to skip ahead to our later discussion. Right. But where where would you use that in the Yomtiv davening? I would use it only in Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Okay, that's the only time I would ever. The only niggin that I ever felt was appropriate to sing for me Yechem Yemes. Interesting, because it's slow. It cries by itself. that's a cry in it. So. All of a sudden, Avi takes it, and he and this beautiful niggin that he that he used for Kiev Torah and journeys, and all of a sudden now he puts it into the words of Chasal. To me, Chasal has to be a certain joy to it. Now, why are you crying that you finished? Right, you want to go on till four o'clock in the morning? Just go on to four o'clock in the morning. Why are we crying that we we were happy we did Chasal and we were joyous? And we hope we'll do it next year, and maybe in Yerushalayim Yerushalayim Kodesh. So. It didn't make any sense to me. I mean, that's that. that I must tell you, I, I think A.B. is a great composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he's listening and here. And a talented lyricist. And, he, and he, he forgives me for this. Talented lyricist. He's a wonderful composer. He's probably, next to Shlomo Karbach, you know, he's he's probably one of the greatest composers. Rabbi Brazil. There are a few. Brazil, there are, there are a few yeah, right. Absolutely. He's, 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 he's up there. So this didn't make any sense to me at all when I first heard it. Uh, uh, most chasals are joyous, you know. Uh, even even the, the the long Boston or opera one has. Peduyin, peduyin, peduyin. Let's see, I'm let's see, I'm betting up. Peduyin, let's see, I'm let's see. That okay. The first part is a little slow. All right. That's not the one you did on your album. No, no. That's the long. That's the operatic one. That takes about ten minutes. And the one on my album is is uh, definitely is, very up. It's yeah. up. And the old one that chasal see the pass that was also up. It's usually an up niggin. Why all of a sudden we're crying there? I don't know. But right. anyway, that's 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 that's. I know this is a sidebar, but Absolutely. that's one of my <laughs> one of my uh, pet peeves. Right. Well, I know one of your pet peeves in general is which songs get to be used in davening, and if we have right. time at the end, uh, <laughs> we'll cover that for a few minutes. So, um, so we already see that there are four or five tunes now uh, that we can name for Chasal. But right. but you're saying that was actually one of my other side questions. So you're saying that if you're going to pick a song for Chasal Seder Pesach, certainly an up song is going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to dance it, but you know, something well, that at that time of night who's dancing. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, something has a, has a certain sense of of, of simcha. It could be restrained simcha, you know, but a certain sense. Of that was any chasal that I've seen. I looked through many old anthologies. They're they're all somewhat up. So it le- sort of leads me to another question. Again, I was going to ask later about the tone. I know you're very um, concerned, if that's the right word. With the songs people pick, and you just we talked about it just now, the songs people pick for certain parts of 
let's call it religious ritual, for lack of a better term. This mm-hmm. is probably, the Seder is certainly maybe the most formal religious ritual outside of the synagogue that okay. we do all year. Right. Um, is there a, a tone, a nusach, a, a feeling that 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 maybe we don't know because we have star with so few people that might got gotten lost in the shuffle somewhere. Is there a nusach to the seder? There are three different nuschos. Uh, depends. Uh, there are there are different traditions. So give me. In other words, just. Also, the way the first one. Now I'm going back. I'm trying to place this because the one, the first one you gave is certainly one of the songs I remember that my father would sing. Yeah, well, because that is that is a phrase that has come down over the centuries as a nusach for Haggadah. But to me, that also sounds like Enkas Misaldecha. Could be. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, has a because in my machzor at that point right. I have it says chasals or pesach so I remember what to do. They also do da 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 there is a nusach now as we've we've given nusach class even in the Bell School of Jewish Music at YU on seder that's that's. It's oh, combined with chauffeur blowing, but don't ask me why. But anyway, <laughs> it's <laughs> neither it's one was a full class. Right, right, neither <laughs> one was a full class. Right, so but there is. Is that's also similar to Tavening. Right. Okay, so let's try to get back to Nirza for a few minutes. Chasal to Pesach, so that opens up Nirza. Right. Then we split to do songs that probably have no tune because we have one for each night. So, if, you know, if it's only one night, does it doesn't really warrant the tune. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Right. Nothing. Although there is a uh, Kar of Yom in there. You have Kar of Yom, actually. Yeah, the Kaliver Kar of Yom, right? And That's uh, Aaron of Kaolin. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the Kaol. Is that the Kaol? No, Kalvach is Adir It's the Kaliver. It's the Kaliver. Oh. Kaliver. It's the Kaliver Nigan for, uh, um, for, uh, for those words. Uh, there are, and it's been popular. It was a, it was a popular Israeli melody. Karev Yom, Karev Yom, Asher, Hu, La Yom, Vilayla, Ram, Hauda, 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 Kilicha Yom, Aflacha. Uh, Shalmim Hafkid Hafkid. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I don't think, it sounds vaguely familiar, but. Right, but, and, 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 40, 50 years ago, people knew it. The theater of Akel recorded it. It was, it was a popular melody. Uh, uh, the, the Boston Rebbe, uh, also wrote, uh, um, uh, Nigan for it. You know, so, so it, th- this was, uh, one phrase that was, was sung. Right. Um, and then we get to Ad Yerhu. Oh, by the way, the, the buster, I, being, being somewhat of a buster, absolutely. I have to. The, he All wrote a beautiful nigan yeah. for it. 
You're all cover of cover of cover of yam. Asher hulayim belolayla. Rum rum holda ki lechayim. It's on the bus in the record, by the way. Okay, we'll go pull it out. <laughs> um, uh, Adir who is next? Yeah, Adir who. Actually, the Adir who that we sing is probably the oldest of all the nigunim. Uh, except maybe the tomb for Kadesh Rechatz, but we don't know how old that is. It could be a thousand years old, it could be older. But, but the, the one that we know, most, most Miris in general are not more than 150, maybe 200 years right. old, because the, 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 the cycle, people forget them. It's Miris. They didn't write know, them down. It's not like davening. Even though they didn't write down davening, but something you did all the time, and you were very makbid about it, you knew the rule of the maril, that you couldn't change the nusach, and so on and so forth. So people were very makbid about davening. But as far as Viras, Viras got lost, depending on which, which part of the world you lived in. But, but this one, Adir Hu, goes back to Amsterdam, 1638, we've already, we already see it. And which one are you referring to? The- Adir Hu, Adir Hu, and there's that's also a Kabbalah one to that one. Yes, of course. That's very popular. That's very popular. Um, I think that maybe people don't even know that it's it's Adir Who. A lot of Kabbalah songs. That's definitely a favorite in yeah. uh, the Zamic household. Right, but the old, the the, I would say if there's one melody that represents all the melodies of the Haggadah, like if, if you're going to sing Yichad Shehu in Mevorach Hanachodesh, Parshal Chodesh, two days ago. So if you're going to pick a, a representative melody, that's the melody. That seems to tell people, that gives people a feeling for, the, oh, Pesach is coming. Ah, dear. In fact, I know a lot of people who, when they read the Megillah, they get to the final words. They use the tune for... Uh, oh, wow. That's interesting. To, to, to presage the coming of... Uh, of uh, I think the, um, the Baal Musaf in our shul might have used Chad Gadya or something. He definitely did something from the Seder. We definitely have this discussion all the time about... Yeah, but everybody has different right. tunes. Chagad is not that old. You would think Chagad right. so it's probably not that old. More, more memorable in the, at the moment. You only have one sentence for right, people right. to get the song. That's true. who might take a second and a half. Echad um, Miodea is definitely one of the... Now the kids start to wake up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, yeah, now you're going to make them wake up. You have no choice, right? Uh, uh, the, the one with that, the, the one that we don't sing anymore because there's too many alokanos. A lot of people don't sing it because uh-huh. it's too often. That happens to be a Yemenite tune, by the way. That doesn't Yemenite. sound too Yemenite. I know, but that, the, all the sources say... Yeah, I guess you do right. with an accent, right? Everybody says it's uh, a... The other one was really a folk melody. Well, you know, most, most mirrors are folk. We can't really pin them down. I mean, there were some famous Israeli composers... Who wrote uh, Haggadah tunes that we know? I mean, like Halachma Anyos. Now, when we get back to the other part of the, uh, the, uh, the Haggadah, um, is there some source for the minhag that somehow my father and my uncle came up with, where at every different line in Echad Miodea they try to progress up a note? So by the time you get up to thirteen, it's almost too high to actually uh, to actually sing. That was that, and the and the Yiddish version of the song was definitely a highlight of the seder. Well, to tell you the truth, it doesn't only apply there; it applies uh, in in other uh, even the Chagadya and uh, 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 what other even the Adirhus, let's say you know, or or Kilo Noah, Kilo Yoah. It just adds interest. 
But if you sing it on the same level mm-hmm. all the time, oh no, not another one. Oh no, not another paragraph. This way, if you you raise it up one tone, so it's a musical sort of right, reference. Right, raise it up one tone a little quicker. It adds interest. That's Interesting. I would say it's a musical device. Um, well, they were—they are definitely both musicals, so maybe that's where they got it from. Um, and I actually—I heard um, somebody did that version in Hebrew. Uh, Avram Rosenblum did the version in Hebrew, the one that I liked the most. I don't know the Yiddish version. Ma sapru ma dabru. Right. Um, that's yeah, definitely that's, that's well, that's Yiddish. Ma sapru ma dabru. That's very good. I, that's I love that. I love that very much. So and then, of course, you have the new one. You have the. Uh, who knows Uncle one? Maishi. Right. Right. Uncle Maishi. Who knows one, of course. Um, I put Uncle Maishi on the map, that song. Right. But there must be a hundred Echad I mean, uh, The Echad Miyadeya, uh, if everybody sings, is Echad Miyadeya. That's, that's folk. That's right, but there are definitely, d- there are even offshoots of that version. Yeah. Like I know my wife's family, they start the same way, but they sort of veer off somewhere else. Yeah, because, you know, one lived in Minsk and one lived in Pinsk. You know, Pinsk can't see the same way as they do it in Minsk. You know, so. Well, it was, it's interesting you say that because one of the things that always strikes me about the Seder, unlike the liturgy in Shul, is you end up having the Seder with so few people compared to everything else that we do. Over your, I mean, maybe a, a, a hundred people. I mean, how many people do you ever sit around the Seder with? So those, a lot of those minhagim get even stronger, even though the text is pretty much, I think, the same across many, many um, minhagim. Well, a hundred years ago, they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, huge bottle seders in hotels, you know. That's so true, too. <laughs> so, and all those songs are right. stuck in. Um, right, right. It, was, it, was, it was personal. I mean, you know, my Zeta sang this, so we sing it. Right. You know, my mother had two or three versions for everything, but yet, look, I I was I was a Kanaka. I came from New York, New York. You know, I went to yeshiva in New York. I knew the right way to sing it. Right. But we still had to sing mom's version too. You know. Sure. <laughs> um, and we finish up the Seder with Chagadia. Is there a significance to why we finish up with one or the other, or just that's the way? Frankly, I don't know. The printer mistake. <laughs> Uh, frankly, I don't know. It could be again because maybe that was one of the last ones composed, and as they were adding them on oh. in the end, according to my theory, you know, uh, uh, it just has become. Uh, there's nothing in it that indicates that, that, right. that it, it, it should be something that summarizes. But in a way, it summarizes because it summarizes the Gullus. Of, of of Persia, of, of, of Babylonia, of, of uh, you know all the all of the Gullises that we've gone through through history, right? Well, which is interesting the way you put it because unless you start reading into the meaning of the song, it's it's not the song you would think of ending the seder with. Right. You know, this one killed this one that killed this one that killed this one. Right, and we always do the bow wows and the meows. Right. And, you know, we like to uh, you know have fun and 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 and, 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 and the uh, the uh, the. The Malcham of us, boo, and, you know, whatever. But, but each of them obviously is another nation that enslaved the Jewish people. And at the very end, Kaddish Baruch you know, killed them all and we're left. We're left. So maybe that's why that, you know, thematically it makes more sense. But I, that's only, again, a theory. We don't know. But that also comes back to singing a big happy song for maybe something that's less happy. I mean, it's the reverse of the Chassal Suda Pesach. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the, all the songs for, for Chad Gajar are much more up. Oh yeah, sure. Upbeat songs for something that you know. I always joke with people the the new um, the Baruch Levine version of um, um, the final paragraph of Maost Sur. 
um, very slow, um, uh, um, always seems like a more apt song, apt tune to sing for most. Sore, it's a very, very happy tune with, you know, not such a real, uh, happy, you know, happy topic. So, well, if it ends up all's well and ends well, well right. okay. That's now, 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 this Chagai that we sing today, I mean, I don't know if they sang it 100 years ago or 200 years ago. I don't know how old it is. Right. Uh, uh, That's one of the more ubiquitous songs. Right, right. I'm sure that, that, uh, I, I, I can always guarantee that Chad Gadya was also sung, uh, right. you know, and, 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 didn't have too many happy songs. Right. The songs are kind of dull. <laughs> <laughs> it took the chassidim to come around and sing songs that we said, "Oh, I like that." A little you emotion, know. right? Yeah. Um, okay, it seems like a, an apt time uh, for a quick break. We'll play a little song. We'll get back with Chazan Sherwood Goffin right after this. Uh, Mark Zamek on the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> See on the 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 see
are back here on the Stunt Show. Mark Zomik on the Nachum Siegel Network with Chazan Sherwood Goffin in Lincoln Square Synagogue. It's a beautiful, a beautiful building. It looks smaller, I had mentioned as I walk in, but you uh, say it's a bigger sanctuary with better acoustics. Yes, the acoustics are better. We had acoustic technicians who were uh, who uh, designed concert halls, uh, designed the acoustics. In the old shul, everything was totally uh, soundproofed. We only found that at the very end. When the, but I'm sure it was soundproofed purposely to keep the Manhattan out. <laughs> no. Soundproofed by the architect who heard that Orthodox synagogues were noisy. Uh, and he, he wanted, didn't realize where the noise was coming right, from. He, he preferred that uh, the, the microphone sound be clear and not mm-hmm. have any echoes. He didn't realize it was music, whatever it is. We didn't know until the superintendent told me at the very end, if you like the acoustics now, wait till the rugs go in. So I realized <laughs> to a builder, it's how dead the acoustics are. That's but, you know, you get used to it. You can't fight it. You don't right. fight it. Anyway, I was under a, a skylight. Well, it was actually a bit. Right. Uh, skylight. You, nobody else heard that skylight because it was a... It was like it was a, a dome. A dome. Oh, it went. It was a, actually a, a tunnel, cylinder. <laughs> a cylinder, right? So when you're standing there, I heard some response, but beyond that, nobody heard it. Here, it's planned that uh, the acoustics, uh, the, the voice just rings and hits certain uh, re- reflecting uh, areas on the, all the ends of the uh, the walls and reflect them back, and there's a certain amount of re- re- reverb. So it's a, it's a nicer sound. Do you work with help ever? What do you mean with help? With help. You know, Chazanim work, sometimes work with choirs or... Yeah. Well, you know, when we first began Lincoln Square Synagogue, and, uh, when I came, at least in 1965, the shul was only a couple of months old, and uh, Rabbi Riskin and I were deciding, you know, what kind of davening should we have. The reason he wanted me to come, because he wanted somebody, somebody to sing Nigunim. Mm-hmm. Those days, Chazanim did not sing Nigunim. And they performed. They performed. They had the ari, ari, you know, arias. And, and even if they sang a Nigunim, if you sang with them, they sped up or they slowed up to throw you off. I remember seeing Chazan <laughs> in Bell Harbor was singing Keladon, and everybody was trying to sing with him, and he turned around and started looking at people like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was. So, But he wanted people to sing, because basically the, the early clientele was conservative reform. This was uh, Rabbi Riskin had taken a conservative reform shul <laughs> and then convinced them to become Orthodox and put in a mechitza. So, uh, we still have the Reconstructionist rule next door, it seems. Yeah, we still have it. Well, the Reconstructionist <laughs> came in about uh, in the 80s. Anyway, but in case, well, right. that's another story. We don't talk about that. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, so it's, the question was, should we uh, have a choir or not mm-hmm. have a choir? So the, the decision was, if we have a choir, people sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have a choir and you're seeing the good, and they'll join in. So that was the decision was made right from the beginning, that we'll never have a choir. And I have never had a choir. Never, ever. Do you, um, I know this is more of a question that you would ask people who don't do it professionally. Do you have, you know, Yom Naran, do you have people who stand closer to you who maybe are single on key a little bit more, harmonize a little bit more, or you're just... Yeah, there are people right. there who, you know, that, uh, there's certain things that, uh, I mean, offhand, uh, I mean, they, they know things that I do, you know. Right. So they'll, they'll chime in, obviously, or there's a, there's a repartee. Let's see, uh, one part of the, uh, the Sana Tokev. Um, uh, let's see, with, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but we're, you know, at a certain point where we're, we're almost as a response by the right. call, right? Now, you know, and a certain Nagunim, they already know, well, look, they've been dominating. Sure. They're spoiled, they've been dominating right. for seven half years. They don't know what's good, so, right. you know. They don't know, know what's they wrong do. either, probably. <laughs> you know, that's, you know. So they have, yeah, they, they all sing along. They think right. they're very, very, uh, Participatory, uh, very much. They sing okay. a lot, and they, they and certain things they tear the ceiling down, which is fun. You know, great right. because they, they know everything I'm doing. 
I do, on a normal Shabbos, I try to have a seven or eight week cycle. So they don't hear the same niggin over and over again. So they don't get bored silly. And that the Chazan doesn't get bored right. of his own davening either. The Kavana, it's important. But Rosh Hashanah Kippur only happens once a year. So, I mean, I will make some changes between Rosh Hashanah 1 day. and first day, second day. But they sort of know my repertoire. You mm-hmm. know? Occasionally I may change, make a change. But So what do you do when the guy standing next to the Bima is just singing his heart out and just is so off-key, you don't know what to do with yourself? Is it distracting, or is it just distracting for guys like me who aren't professional at it? Well, no, I look, it has to be distracting. Yeah, no, uh, that's why here we've sort of pushed the uh, pushed away, away from the boom <laughs> <laughs> in the new show. But uh, you, you have to be able to concentrate. I mean, uh, you know, that's that that takes the years of, of professional uh, experience too, just to concentrate and forget it, what everybody else is doing. Just do what you have to do, the right thing. That's all you need to just do it. You can sing louder too. Now a professional voice, trained voice, can sing twice as loud as this guy. Right. So you know you can overcome it. So we we digressed a little bit, but we want to go back <laughs> to the beginning of. No, I think again this is this is the reason why I asked you uh, to join me for the show. Um, the we go back to the beginning of Agada and um, Kiddush, the regular Kiddush for Yamtiv. Kiddush is the tune of Akdamas. Yes, Kiddush is the tune for Akdamas. Right, which in the old Svarim, Svarim used to refer to as the Nigan Yoshan. This Nigan was not meant for Akdamas, even. And certainly not for Kiddush. But over the years, over the centuries, it became used in these areas, and then it became set for these particular Tfilos. Uh, uh, um, but it's always been known, it was known before it as the Nigan Yashan. So it's over a thousand years old, that Nigan. And it just Is that became, one of the older Nigunim? Yes, yes. We have some that we can actually, you know, uh, we can tell you how old they are by certain things that happened in history and so on and so forth. Uh, this one we know because of the Sfarim, the old Sfarim, that go back six, seven, eight hundred years, said it's the Nigan Yashan. So if they say it right, it's the Nigan Yashan. We know it's the Nigan Yashan. It, almost, it sounds like a it's Very definitely old amateur question, but were musical notes written the same way 500 years ago or a thousand years ago? I mean, English is a new language, right? Right. You know, the, even the letter system is <laughs> what, you know, a thousand years old maybe. Um, That's an interesting question that you ask. First of all, Jews didn't know how to write music until the 1700s, until the 1800s. Until so the Sephardim came along, because they had... No, they, well, they, they didn't know how to write music. Why? Because art, music and art, were the province of the church. And unless you were a Christian, you were not allowed to learn this stuff. And the only stuff... We, we do have some ancient things that came out of the Karaganiza, uh, uh written by a, a monk who converted to Judaism. All right? But uh, that, that's why he knew how to write music, because he, he, uh, he, he was a monk. But, we, but until the 1700s, we didn't write down. That's why we lost thousands and thousands and thousands of nigunim. Over so the then years. my question is, how do you know the nigun yashan is, not only is a thousand years old, but this that we sing now is a nigun yashan? Okay. Uh, there are two halves to the question. First of all, you asked uh, what, the, what music looked like. Right. Modern music didn't appear till the year 1000. Though these uh, musical notes with five lines, uh, uh, treble and, and, and mm-hmm. bass, didn't appear to, to, until a monk by the name of Guido Varezza in Italy uh, decided uh, invented these five lines. Um, but uh, 
certain communities kept these traditions very tightly. For instance, the the, the Germans. All right, uh, you had the Maril in the 14th century. He set up the Nusachat Fila, and and the Rama quotes him that English Shanas Minika era Fila Benigunim. You cannot change the holy Nigunim that the Maril set up. And how do, so, how do we know which one they are? Because if anyone today would change a melody in in, in uh, Washington Heights, right. right, they'd throw them off the bimah. Uh, Spanish Portuguese too. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these ancient communities kept their music very tight. So how, <clears throat> I guess a hypothetical question, um, so if the Maharil set this down, and if the Ramah, who Ashkenazic jury generally follows right. his opinion, um, had said that you can't switch, and the truth is no one's dancing into a new Kul Nidre version anytime soon, but where are the lines that, uh, or asked differently, um, are very... Um, able-bodied, smart Rabbanim who are running the pulpits around the country who are, I'm sure, very quick to make sure that the Bali Tevila are Shomer Torah Mitzvahs and using the and, and the proper Ivra and the, don't seem to mind that much when people clearly digress from the, the path. Well, it depends on what path, path they're talking about. Can you use Nigunim? Yes, you can use Nigunim. I mean, if you want to use the Nigunim, a popular Nigunim in a place where there's no set, uh, form. In other words, Ochi la la ke la chafanov You can't change that. That's my real Nigunim. That's why I'm a little upset about the new Ochi la right. because everybody's starting to sing it now. But, there were 52 motifs that the Maril set up. By the way, the people who write those songs right. will will tell you not to sing them during Dominic. One of my favorite Gershon Varoba lines is, I love that you made my Mimkom Chamakenu so popular. Please don't sing it during Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the, in the, in the Lubavitch, Sefer HaNagunim, it says at the beginning, these Nagunim were not to be used for tefillah. They're used for his service for Archeola. You so, were... You were um, I think I might have mentioned this to you once. You, um, you were interviewed a number of years ago by the Jewish Week, and you made a comment about uh, using Erev Shoshoshanim during davening. That's one of the banes of my existence. Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we were standing outside shul, and I was having a conversation with one of our more competent Bali Tefillah in the Young Israel of Tinek. And um, he said, what's Erev Shoshoshanim? And I sang it for him. He goes, well, that's Kedusha. <laughs> right? <laughs> he didn't even know. He had never associated it with Erev Shoshoshanim. It's become the default Kedusha. And I've even heard it in the Hasidic Shishtibul. And wow. I don't know what to sing it. Exactly. Erev Shoshanim, of course, the second half is an erotic song. It's it's pure, it's it's an erotic description of a lover waking up in bed with a lover. Right wow. So it makes no sense. In, in, in the 50s, the 60s, when we were Zionists, you know, we sang everything that came out of Israel. Right. right so that was one thing. But once the Hasidic a song and right. post uh, Yom Kippur, uh, the, the Six Day War, the Yom Kippur War became popular, there's no reason to use those Nagunim anymore. Well, I mean, I once saw a kid do it. He didn't even know better. He sang uh, Kela Don to... Um, one of the versions of Misha Nichnas Adar that he didn't realize was an old song from the South. You know, <laughs> jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton. Right. Well, look, the, the, to be fair, there are 52 motifs that cannot be changed. Every paragraph of tefillah, paragraph, excuse me, uh, every paragraph of tefillah from weekday, Sukkot Zimra, Brachas onwards, to Nila, has a set mode. That mode has to be followed. 
And by mode, you mean for the major, novice out there. minor. There are, actually, we're Orientals, so we have five, possibly seven different modes. Uh, uh, we don't just have major and minor. That's purely Western. But each of those modes, and a lot of people know it. But this weekday, everybody knows this weekday Amida. That's actually pentatonic. Uh, five note scale out of, out of seven. So people know it, but they don't know what it is. Alright? So th- this thing has to be done in minor, this has to be done in major, this has to be done in fragish, which is the Arab Hey Jazz, and this has to be done in Avaraba mode, uh, which is the, fra- the fragish, this has to be done in Hashem Moach mode, which is a Mixolydian. Yeah, a lot of us know these things. Hashem mm-hmm. It's Mixolydian. Hashem because if it was real major, it would be totally different. These are all oriental modes. And every single paragraph has an assigned mode. So you can sing a niggin in these paragraphs that a minor niggin in a minor paragraph, a major niggin in a major, major uh, paragraph. But certain things are set. You cannot change. You cannot sing a niggin for Kaddish before Bosov. That is unchangeable. That's Yehorek Val Yavor. So when somebody does Yiskadash, totally wrong. That's taken from Friday night. That's a Friday night, early German Friday night Kaddish. And that's that's also the one we use after Kriyas Torah. Because there's no specific, that's what happened. There's no specific Kaddish. They started using it in the young Israels for that. Now one guy was so expired by the rabbi's sermon, he says, hey, let me sing it right before Musaf. It was, so that became, quote, the young Israel Kaddish. But it's wrong. Uh, when, the, when, the, when the Maril is quoted by the Ramah, every time the Ramah has a, a, uh, a, a uh, anything to do with tefillah, any any din, any minig at tefillah, he always quotes in parentheses, Maril, 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 Maril. Mm-hmm. So these things we have to follow, but the problem is not everybody knows it. Used to be, like the Hasidim now, why are the great Hasidim coming out of the Hasidic world? Because that's their music, they know it, it's... It's soaked into their bones, into their kishkas. They know what it's supposed to sound like. You know, we don't have that anymore. We listen to, to U2 and Bono and all, you know, you know, we, we listen to all this other stuff. And, and, and our musical Jewish background is getting sullied. So that's why I travel all over the country and I, I give seminars in, uh, in the Schatvila. We just finished one in the Israel Sartzel, finished one in the Israel of, uh, not the Israel, but Ortor and Edison. We, I just did one in, in Mount Sinai Congregation in, in Washington Heights. We do four nights, four weeks. And we try to explain the basis of Nusachat We We're available, by the way, yeah, those, uh, here, we of the Bell School, mm-hmm. to do these things. And that's what we're trying to do now because we have, to, since we no longer have Chazonim, who are professionals, who knew what it was supposed to sound like, right. now we have to train the lay person who's taking his place. You have to show them what the right thing is. We digress. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's, uh, I'm happy to digress, and, I, and, and, and it sort of puts in my head another uh, the fact that I'm going to have to come back here before Shoshana to have a, a conversation for all the Bali Tefillah out. Uh, I'm available. Uh, Call me the Nusach doctor. The Anybody Nus- has any okay. questions about their Tefillah, if they're doing it right, I'll be my pleasure. Come. I'll go through it with you. I'll tell you this is right, this is wrong. It'll be my honor. I had, um, I, I think, uh, I don't know if you remember, a number of years ago, I had a, um, I, a Yom Kippur, I believe Yom Kippur was Sunday night, and on Friday I completely lost my voice. And um, nothing, like I was on a number of conference calls, I couldn't even speak on Shabbos. So there was somebody else who knew Kol Nidre enough Sunday night that I said, you Davin Kol Nidre. Um, 
and I figured, you know, it was one of these colds, 24 hours, because I've had really major colds in Yom Kippur, and Starver cold really works. If you're not going to really? eat for 25 <laughs> hours, that cold is, it just completely dries up, nothing there. Um, but, uh, when we talked about Neela, there was nobody in the shul, there were uh, people in the shul who could read the words, there was nobody in the shul who knew the Nusach. And, and that's the most complicated Nusach of all. And so I, I thought to myself, I said, my choice is, to do the nusach with less than perfect voice, or to give somebody with a better voice the nusach. And when I spoke to you a number of weeks after Yom Kippur, I mentioned to you, and you said, what choice did you make? And I said, I ended up doing it myself, and I, you said you made the right choice. Yes, because, look, a, a regular chazan has to daven, uh, of course, there's three hours till Kol Nidre night. You know, he doesn't daven all three hours, but he has to daven. And then he has to daven three hours Yom Kippur minimum. Right. He's already doing six hours. A lot of guys, after they finish, you know, the end of uh, Musaf Yom Kippur, the, the, their voice is kind of ragged, right. you know. So when you come, you, 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 you so I'm off to Yonas for. You know, you know Chazan's <laughs> allowed to take a little nap, you know, to to, to recover, and he comes back and he and he gets up for Nila, and his voice is going to be a little ragged. But if he knows the Nusach, I mean, a lot of in, in Europe, by the way. The Rabbonim used to always do Nusa. Uh, Nila. Correct. Always did Nila. That. That's my grandfather why, did. It opened right. like my grandfather Davin. That's right. So Nila was always done right. I, mean, I remember one of my Balabatim once came to me. And uh, they were looking for a Chazan Cheney for the overflow service in Lincoln Square in the early days. And one after one, another, they were they were throwing them out of the door. Get out of here. Why? <laughs> I said, what's the problem? He says, nobody in America knows how to do Nila. He says, you know, in Europe, when it came to Slichas, we knew that the Chazonim butchered Slichas. They wanted to put on a show, they butchered it. But Nila, the Rav, always davened. And Nila, the Nusach, was always pristine. And it must be, and it cannot be changed. So even if you have a ragged voice, Mark, go ahead. <laughs> Hopefully it won't happen. The truth is, for the past few years, I actually have done Kol Nidre, Musaf and Nila, and it doesn't bother me much, although I'm not doing three-hour Kol Nidre, but uh, <laughs> um, maybe only a two-hour Musaf or two-and-a-half-hour Musaf, but uh, I, we call it much more business-like. That's all. Uh, okay, um, anyway, we'll take another break here, and then we'll actually come back and talk about some of the earlier parts of the Haggadah. Mark Zamek with Chazan Sherwood Goffin at Lincoln Square Synagogue on the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
And we're back. Mark Zomick with Chazan Sherwood Goffin at Lincoln Square Synagogue. Now we're going to talk about the Haggadah for our remaining minutes. And um, so there are, I would say, uh, uh, there are a few big songs in Magid. Um, there is uh, Halach Ma'anya, there's Avadim Ha'inu, and there is uh, probably Vahisha Amda are the, the early three big songs. Halach Ma'anya, I would say, is there more than one tune for Halach Ma'anya? Or it's yeah, the there one? is. In fact, fact uh, the early musicians of uh, the State of Israel wrote a lot of them. Like, Halach Ma'anya, Halach I don't know if you ever heard that. No, never heard that one. I, only, that, I think I've only heard one. <laughs> that was written by uh, Mr. Gorachev, whose name was uh, was changed to Yedidia uh, Admon. Um, he wrote uh, Gamal Gamali, Gamal Gamali. He wrote a lot of uh, famous things. He wrote that one. There's a Holachma by Rabina, uh, Manasha Rabina. All right, I think that's the one that we say. Right, right. Allah right. that. Right. So that's the second part. Yeah, but that's a that's a, a, a tie-on to the Rabina. He wrote it as, as a kol Ah. So uh, you know, so the 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 early Israeli composers got involved at the beginning. Allah. Um, Avadim Hayinu, for instance, Avadim Hayinu Hayinu was written by uh, Sholem Pastolsky. Uh, he wrote, mm-hmm. So, um, but, but basically, uh, uh, these are Nigunim that everybody has a family tradition. Vihishyamda, uh, you have, uh, all kinds of different ones. Uh, Kadesh Rechatz, we talked about already. Kiddush is, uh, the Nigun Yashin of, uh, of, uh, uh, of course, of Akdamas, which we call Akdamas. Mm-hmm. Um, Manishtana. Now, the, 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 the Manishtana, nobody knows who wrote it. And it only appeared in the last 75 years. Mm-hmm. And there, I think they, we give the kids a little bit of freedom to uh, to sing what they want. Yeah. Uh, the Manishtana also, the, the original. Manishtana, it's really Gemara Nigan. But it's interesting. I've seen it in a number of places that it was put into the uh, Manishtana by Israel Goldfarb. Who was? was? Israel Goldfarb. Zilgofar was the first cantorial teacher in the history of America. He taught at the Jewish Theological Seminary in the 20s. He wrote a nigin that everybody sings. Everybody thinks it's traditional. Everybody thinks it's Kodesh. Shalom Aleichem Malachi Hashareis. He wrote that in 1918, 1919. Um, he also wrote, That's not... Oh, nope, that's that's wow. why Israel Goldfarb. Wow, Israel <laughs> So he, he and his brother were the first real Jewish Hebrew musicians in in, in the early part of the 20th century, and, and according to many sources, he's the one who put that in the Gemara Nigan mm-hmm. to the Manishtana. Anyway, well, at least the Manishtana appeared in the Gemara, so it was the Gemara Nigan, right? Right, right. That's true. That's true. Uh, so now we're talking about where we have to Halachmanya. Halachmanya. Okay, so you have. Um, no, I'm sorry. Vahishamda. Right. You have a bunch of Vahishamdas. You have uh, the an old one as Vahishamda. Lavoy Seinu Velanu. Shelo Echad Bilvad. That's a Carlina Nigan by Aaron of Carlin. You have, uh, you have, 
the Boston Rebbe wrote one that I love. It's one of the first Pasternak books, by the way. Being a little bit of a Boston, I am. Uh, I'm a little. I'm, Adam I'm, is a music teacher in uh, in South Shore. When I was in the first and second grade, right? he was a music teacher. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but everybody has different Hishamda. The the famous one, Hishamda, love we say That's that's Mojitz. That's Mojitz. Still haven't gotten to the one that we sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that is there's no one who wrote that. That is that is totally traditional, totally traditional. Um, and then there's the new Shreki one. Yes, new Shreki one, which was written by Yonatan Rozel. Very beautiful. So the question I have about that new Shreki one is, and I and, and if you tell me that I'm, if you tell me that I can't do it, I've already done it already, so I won't do it again. <laughs> is I have sung that, and I've heard other people sing that for Kedusha on Chakra on Pesa. Why not? It, but it's a minor. But isn't Chakra's Kedusha supposed to be minor? Yes, that's good. Okay, good. You can't sing it for Naritzlan Kavodo. Correct. Okay, good. Musaf. Right. The problem is though that most people will say to you. But what's most of, what's, what's, what's major and my minor? They right. don't know. They can't hear it. Even guys who daven regularly don't know the difference between major and minor. Right. So I, as, as somebody who's not a musician, the way I think of it is up or down. And, and especially because of the, the nusach and chakras versus musaf. On chakras, I go down from a chayim mesim, and on musaf, I go up from a chayim mesim. How many people do that? Do you know, I'm now, I have a little more time now, right. because I used to daven every Shabbos. Now I told the shul every year I'm going to daven less and less until December 2015. 50 years to the shul. I think that's uh, that's enough sure. for one organization. But uh, so I'm, I have a chance now to go to the shuls. I hear it totally reversed now. Right. I hear the musaf one for chakras, machayim mesim, and the the, the chakras one for musaf. It's really something called uh, main yona. We have a tradition of when we get to a new nusach, we introduce it a paragraph earlier. A bad example is Nishmas Kolchai, before Shochet. Right. It's not only a Nusach thing, it's a Halakha thing. Me'in Chasima, Samach L'Chasima. We get close right. to the Bracha, we're going we're gonna to switch. Right. So this is, this, this is an anticipation. In other words, uh, uh, why do we sing Yimloch and Mincha, Mincha Nusach, right? You're supposed to sing the whole thing a weekday, by the way. Uh, Just before you <laughs> gloss over that, one of my biggest pet peeves, I'm going to have to stop and, and mention that, because, again, one of the things I remember learning from you was Mincha Nusach until Yimloch Hashem Yalam or Misod um, Chachamim, uh, Right. no matter what the davening is, Mincha Nusach, Ashrei Uvalotzion. Well, Ashrei Uvalotzion, on Shabbos, though, there's one... One thing, Ashrei Avotzion could, could be the Mincha Nusach. Okay. That's because but, but Avos. But general, yeah, Avos, Avos, Kedusha is all weekdays, even on Yom Kippur. Just say that again, even on Yom Kippur. Kippur. Thank you very much. And you know, there are people in my own shul, when we ask them to, who right. daven, they can't, they can't They can't do it, themselves. people can't do it. They have to do it like Shachros, uh, you know. It's shachros. impossible. I, I, I've done it. <laughs> right. I get funny looks <laughs> in the times I've done it. I've been doing the Ela for a long time, so right. I've done it a while. I tell people, I just, I, I hear you, I believe you, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> but see, Mincha was like Mincha Nusach. So if you do the weekday, by the time you get the Yimloch, you're already doing, right. because you're anticipating that to Echad is going to have the, the Nusach. So you anticipate. These are anticipatory things, type of things. And the Chaim Mason, somehow people are losing that totally. 
it's, 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 to do it in reverse just, it just boggles my mind. I never heard it before. There's a whole new world now. Well, it's even, uh, to, to, we have to start wrapping up. It, for me, it's also, if, if you're gonna do it wrong, if I'm not looking at my sitter, I'm getting Kedusha wrong too, because I'm gonna think, because it is supposed to lead in and connect. That's why you're going to hear minor in the Guna for Naritzo, which makes no sense at all. There's a certain majesty there. Majesty is given to you by the, the sound of well, the that's major. That's how I describe it. Look at the theme. The right. theme of Kedusha of Shachos. It's I have three three rules. It's actually, it's a 4M rule, but I have a 3M rule. Okay, wait. Uh, so we're wrapping up with Chazen Sherwood Goffin. He's, if you're going to remember one thing from the show, I bet you're about to hear it. <laughs> Number one, there are the 3M rule is mood. That makes sense because you have to follow the mood of the. You can't sing a happy nigga in first. No, Bill Vavi for right. Musaf Kedusha. Right, Go ahead. Right, right. Well, depends where. You know, Mimkoma who you feel Baracha Mim. Okay. You do it there because the word is Baracha. So the, the text has to match the nigga. Mood, mode, which is very Major, hard for minor. a non, okay. non-musical person. And Minha Kodesh or Minha Mikta. You, you can't use secular nigunim in. Tefillah. Can't do it. The, 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 the Sephardim allow it, by the way. Mm-hmm. They'll allow it. But we, Eastern European Ashkenazim, we follow the, the Ramah, and, and, and you can't, it says you can't use love songs, you can't use uh, secular songs. And there's one more that I have, but it's a little hard to do. Meaning, the fourth M. Sometimes if you sing, uh, uh, to sing your Shlaim Ircha for Kedusha of Shachras makes sense mm-hmm. because you're going to say Tiskadal is Gadal so Shlaim But isn't that also the same as mood? Yeah, yeah, but 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 if I if I can once in a while or Mikodesh, it's a combination right, of right. the two. Right. If I can find something that has a similar theme, that will work. But that's harder. So I, that's why I call it a three M system rather than four make M. the fourth M is too hard. Okay. Right, right. I hear. I, I think I could try to live by the fourth M as well. <laughs> well, I, I I would like to thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Um, it's been uh, tremendously informative. It certainly makes me want to sit here for another hour, and maybe towards the end of the summer, as we uh, as you begin your uh, 49th year here at Lincoln Square Synagogue, we'll have the opportunity to sit down again, and we can uh, do uh, maybe we can bring a whole group of people in uh, to do uh, a pre Rosh Hashanah on the air um, it, uh, class. It will do my be my pleasure. Oh, absolutely, okay. my pleasure. Goffin, thank you very much. This is Mark Zamek on the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for the best available programming right here coming up next, the Thursday Night Extravaganza. This is the Stunt Show. This is the Nachum Siegel Network on jamethem.org. Stop, stop.